know. Then he went into the desert for 40 days, but then he came out and then he started, that's when he really started his ministry, when he was baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's where he really started to, to launch his earthly ministry. And I just want to, um, we're going to take it up from Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So he'd just been, in the, he'd just been baptized uh, with water, with the Holy Spirit, went into the desert for 40 days of temptation and fasting, came out and it says he was returned from the desert to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So he's just finally got back home where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the, for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Imagine that being in church and, and there's your whole upbringing, your, all of your parents' upbringing, all of your grandparents' upbringing, for 700 years, they've been reading a particular scripture. And, and it's, it's talking about this deliverer. It's talking about where the kingdom of heaven is going to touch earth, this new season, this new uh, spiritual season. And, and these guys will be processing it as a new political season, uh, a new season. And, and, and it's just something that everybody knew. And then all of a sudden, someone gets up reads it and says, today's the day. This just happened. It's just like, <laughs> I almost like, just like, yeah, that just happened. Mic drop. <laughs> and, and like, you know, and, and that's, and, and that's, but I want us to actually look at the scripture that Jesus quoted about himself because he, he stopped a little bit short and I don't understand the exact reasoning and all of it. I think because it wasn't hit the point he was trying to make. Uh, when he was uh, announcing himself. But I just want to read f this from, from directly from Isaiah's uh, uh, writings. Yeah, Isaiah chapter 61 and verse uh, 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from, dark, uh, from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for, to all those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for, ge for generations. This is... I think when we think of the Christmas story, we can too easily get carried away. When we think of, of the manger, we can get too easily carried away with some, I want to use the word innocuous, like a baby that's just got no, venom isn't the right word, no, no power. We've just got a beautiful baby in the house here. It's her first day in church, just down there. And, and you can only imagine when we, when we, when we think about baby Jesus, you're thinking of, we, we, our minds go to this perfect, pure, 
but harmless person. But we've got to understand that the baby that came was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He came to change things. But he also came with a lifespan. He came with an intention of 30 years was their pre-programmed plan. 30 plus, 33 years was the plan that, they, that that Father, Son, Holy Spirit had that Jesus was going to be here. But they sent this present, this baby in a manger, wrapped up in swaddling, the scripture tells us. And for those who don't want to know, don't know what swaddling is, because really we don't know what swaddling is, because we don't use swaddling in 21st century Perth. What swaddling is, is the rags that the people that were working uh, with the cows cleaned up the milk, cow milk mess, the, the milk rags. And that's what swaddling is. It's the the, the the rags that were conveniently that were in the that were in the the the, uh, the barn where Jesus was born, and and he was wrapped in this swaddling. He was wrapped in these milk rags, and this gift, which was so un, un, unceremoniously wrapped, this gift that had no, and, and again from the prophet Isaiah, it says he had no majesty that would attract us to him. This gift, uh, th- this perfect gift came as the gift that would keep giving. It came as a gift that wouldn't stop when that 33 years was over. And as we look at the, as Isaiah's, uh, the, the, this very scripture that Jesus used to announce himself, but as we read through it, we finish with the, this passage that says, They will be called oaks of righteousness. Who is that? That's the blind. That's the brokenhearted. That's the one who I, Jesus came to heal, that Jesus came to set free. It says he's uh, the prisoners, those that are in darkness, those people will be called trees of, of, of oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They have received a gift. They received a gift. They received the gift. This baby in a manger, they received this gift. They were set free. It says here that uh, he, he came to, uh, to, bring, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to... Set free the blind, the broken, the humiliated, the addicted, the, uh, the, the bound in, in so many different ways. They received a gift. So they will be made oaks of righteousness for, the, for God's splendor. They received this amazing gift. But then it was to go on. Because then it says, they, the ones that have been healed, the ones that have been set free, the ones that have been delivered, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They, the broken, the ones that were blind, the ones that were addicted, the ones that were tormented, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. These people who received the gift, we're going to go on and give the gift. You were saved for a reason. I was saved for a reason. It wasn't supposed to stop with me. It wasn't supposed to stop with you. As we're sitting here in worship and, and I was contemplating this message and I just remember being, I remember being bound up. I remember it. And you know what? I still have my bound up times. 
I remember being blind. I still have my blind times. I remember being broken. I remember being captive. I remember being so depressed. I remember all these horrible things that Jesus did set me free from. But can I, I still have those times. As we were in worship and a song came on, Susan's going to pull it up on the screen, just the line. It says, when night has fallen, when fear is common, you're still standing. When faith is lost, my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. The person who wrote that, I was, I was, I was like, they get it, man. They get it. This is a born-again Christian. I'm assuming some sort of church leader, ministry person, because they're writing songs that go all over the world. And they're identifying, they're like, man, I know what it feels like when my faith is gone. I have nothing. I know what it feels like when my hope is gone. I know what it feels like when my strength is gone. And all I can do is hear you calling, but I've got nothing. And as I was standing, I thought, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. And we have our seasons like that. And we still need Jesus for me. We still, you need Jesus for you, but it doesn't stop with you. There's this scripture, and, and as I was contemplating this message, I, I really uh, I felt God, God saying that you've got to give it away. If you've got it, you've got to give it away. And I, want us to sh- to, um, I just want to unlock something here. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song, uh, Don't Hide It Under a Bushel. Like, this is... I might embarrass. I'm going to do it. Why not? It's a, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And then it goes on. It says, don't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. And there's a scripture, like this, what Jesus did in you, a light happened. You got set on fire and you got the option to hide it under a bushel. I didn't know what a bushel is. I'm pretty sure it's a basket because you read about bushels like as an amount of volume. But when I was a kid, I didn't know what a bushel was. I think I thought it was like a small tree. <laughs> I'm going to stick under a small tree. But Jesus, in, um, in Luke 8, Jesus says this. He says, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in uh, th- those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known or be brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. There's this concept of momentum. It says if you've got nothing, you get less. And if you've got something, it just gets more. But it's in the context of letting your light shine. It's in the, the proper context of this momentum of your life moving forward being, is actually in letting your light shine. And I've just got to wonder, like, I remember being so badly addicted to drugs. I remember being so angry at my parents. I remember being so hopeless and frustrated at my circumstances. And when I came to God and, and, and what Jesus read out from the prophet Isaiah that he came to bind up the brokenhearted. I remember that feeling of that, just the, the cuts in my heart healing. I remember it. I remember the feeling of waking up and having a choice in the morning what I was going to do. I remember waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, what am I going to do today? Or I'm going to do these, these things today. And it's uh, the positive things. And I remember the feeling where I wasn't needing to, uh, 
when people would do the wrong thing by me, that I could just let it go and I was okay. I remember, it's just like the weight of the world coming off your shoulders. I remember that feeling. And it sort of puts us in a predicament because it can stop with you. This can stop with you. This miracle can stop with you. And I probably want to, I actually want to maybe be a little bit firm this morning is are you letting it stop with you? Is it stopping with you? Is the miracle stopping with you? Is it? And I wonder, like, we're here. Sunday morning's cool because we're with all of our Christian friends and we're able to be, praise Jesus. You know, we're a Pentecostal church. You can even stick your hands up and people aren't looking around like, oh, that freak. He's like, yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're in a place where, it, where, where it's celebrated. That the fact that we're like, you know, how are you this morning? You know, oh yeah, I'm great, praise God. Or how are you? Oh, I don't know, I'm not, I'm really actually having a hard time, but I'm trusting God for breakthrough. You know, we're in this place where we can be open and we, and then like, we leave here. And my, and I just wonder like, how dare we leave here and not take that with us? Like, how, how dare we? This hope that we found, this hope, this answer that we found. It's not cool that we, t- we go out there and, and keep it a secret. Like, that's not cool. That's not right. It, it says here that they will rebuild ancient cities. They were healed to go out there and build. They were set free to leave here and set people free. We have a responsibility to take this gift that we were given, this baby that was wrapped in swaddling, laying in a manger, grew up to be the saviour of the world, my saviour, your saviour. If we're to leave here and keep it a secret, that's wrong. That's not cool. To be talking with people knowing they're going to hell. To be spending time with people not letting them know about the hope that you found. Not letting them know how you were set free. And I don't mean going into your workplace and instead of doing your work, you're preaching. I don't mean that. I don't mean going to your family Christmas lunch and getting up on the table and, and, and pre. I'm not saying that. But I am saying, let your light shine. I am saying, don't hide the, where your salvation. The scripture says that we would have an answer, to an explanation for the hope that we found. I guarantee you that people that know you ask questions. Hey, some of your questions might look like this. How was your weekend? Yeah, good. What'd you get up to? Oh yeah, watched the cricket and then on Sunday afternoon barbecue. Yeah, just like you know, one of the biggest witnesses that you can actually possibly have in your life is to let you people know that you're a born again Christian, that you go to church. They look at you. They watch how you work. 
They, they see the joy that you've got. They know about you because you're doing life with them, the challenges you have and how you handle them. Not that you're like, it's like this person's... Or, and you know one of the things, and this is what I love, th- th- this, is, this is probably for me one of the best witnesses that I've ever... Uh, well, feedback I've ever had about, about, about my witness. Uh, people often will say they scared to come into church because the walls are going to fall in. The roof's going to fall in. And, or, and the other reason of it is... And, and then their, their thinking in that is that I'm too much of a sinner to go in with those holy people. And people in church, it's either they're all holy or they're all hypocrites. So, but you're not like that. You're like this and rah, rah, rah. Like, and you're just like a normal person. And I, I feel like I could do that. And I'm just like, how many Christians do you know? Well, you guys are the only ones. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so you've just got this totally wrong idea of all Christians. But, but just because you don't know anyone, but the ones that you do know, you know they're Christians, you know they're in church every Sunday, you know that they're serving God, and they're cool. They're all right. They're decent people. They don't judge me. They do help me when I need it. They, they are there and, and going through the thick and the thin and they're, they're keeping their testimony through the hard times and the good times. And they're watching. And I just wonder how many other Christians these people know that they don't even know they're in church. They don't even know that they're Christians. Cool people. People that they enjoy their company. But, but they don't even know because they're not sharing about this hope that they found. They're not sharing how, yeah, you know what? Ten years ago, I had a marriage breakdown. Ten years ago, I had cancer. My my kid was addicted to drugs as well. And and they've come through it by the grace of God. And it's not rocket science. It's not. And it really, in my mind, I, I don't know if I've oversimplified it. But it seems to me it's about generosity or selfishness seems to me now the passage we just read the words of jesus was no one lights a light and hand, uh, lights a lamp and hides it under a clay jar or bed and then goes down and says whoever has will be given more whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and then but i don't know if i'm wrong i, I actually don't know if i'm wrong I, as i read the scripture i think i'm right i think it comes down to generosity or stinginess I think it comes down to generosity or selfishness. The, proverb, the writer of Proverbs puts it like this. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. I love how the message puts it. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. What's that? That's momentum. That's he who has will be given more. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What's that? That's he who does not have even what they think they have will be taken from them. The generous expand. The stingy retract. Jesus said that's the same with our witness, with our light. We've got a responsibility, church. God's done some cool stuff in your lives. I know most of you people here, and I know that God's done cool stuff in your lives. I know God's done amazing things. Some of you have had the privilege of knowing for a long time, and I've watched God do amazing things in your life. Don't you want that for other people? Don't you want that for other people? I'm off to Teen Challenge tomorrow, the drug and alcohol rehab that we support, and I actually went through 16 years ago. One of my best mates is down there going through the program. And do you know why he's down there? Because 
I went through the program. God changed my life. And I kept telling him, hey, God will change your life, man. You can come out of this world as well. And then my brothers, I was telling them as well. And then eventually they went, met God. God changed their life. And they kept telling him, hey, God will change your life, man. You can come out of this world. You can come out of this world. And then other friends of ours have come out and met God. And, and I'm telling, hey, Greg's another friend of our, that knows this guy well. I was like, Greg, come, you know, Greg's in church every week. His life's really, he's doing amazing. Like, he can, God can do it for you too. And it's, <laughs> I was living with him when I went down to Teen Challenge 16 years ago. We were sharing a house. He spent half of that time in and out of jail. But that entire time I've been saying, hey man, God can change your life. He's done it for me. My brothers have been saying it to him. And eventually came a time where he's like, I need what you've got. We've got no business hiding this light. We've got no business hiding this light. It's not right. It's not right. God calls you someone who rebuilds cities. And then he says, as you do that, Jesus put it like this. He who has will be given more. The writer of Proverbs put it like this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Or in another translation it says, one person gives freely yet gains even more. (laughs) This baby in a manger is the gift that keeps giving. It's a gift that you receive, we receive And where to give it away. But it says as we give it away, we kept getting more. We keep getting more. And I just, I look at our church and I, and I, I see empty seats and I love it. I think, cool, each seat there could be a salvation. That could be someone's life changed. I see, I know in that back room there's a whole bunch of chairs and I look at it and I love it. I think, man, that could be transformed lives. That could be transformed families. That, that could be people set on fire, broken addictions, poverty, set free from poverty, healed of cancer, healed of just marriages restored. We've got tremendous children's facilities. I look at it and I just think, wow, that could just be full of kids who are just who are going to grow up in families knowing God. Being taught the ways of God. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. You've got, a, you've got something so special, church. You've got something so, so special. Let's not keep it to ourselves, hey? I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you for this gift. Thank you for what you've done in my life, in each and every one of our lives that have committed our hearts to you. And just while we're praying, I just want to, if you've not, let that light in. This is your morning. We're going to pray. And if you're online, I want you to join in. Just repeat after me, church. And if you're praying this for the first time, I just say, mean it with all of your heart. Just repeat after me, guys. Dear God, I choose to follow you. I choose to give you my life. Forgive me for living life my own way. Come. And live in me. In Jesus' name. Amen.